I was able to challenge myself and allow the word to, to convict me and uh, the examination was within me. So I'm, uh, I'm able to, hopefully I'm able to share with you all the things that I've benefited from. Um, also, I want to take a quick second to uh, recognize all our teachers. You know, week after week, they come up and they present to us, and we uh, reap the fruits of their labors. And uh, but we don't see behind closed doors. You know, we don't see the the, uh, the commitment, you know, the dedication, the time management, the focus that they have to have to prepare. So uh, I definitely want to um, take the time to thank them because uh, they are an inspiration to me. Uh, so I chose the topic of what is faith and how does it work in our lives, and I chose it because it's something that you know every day we do. You know. Uh, we may not think about it, but it's something that we do and it's organic to us as human beings. And I, I say that and I use the example of uh, flying. You know, I, I, I would like to think that everyone in here has had the opportunity, you know, or if they choose to, fly on an airplane. So with that, pilots. We all know pilots. We believe that pilots fly planes. That's what we know that. Those are the facts for us. We have the evidence that that's what they do because we see them flying planes. Now we believe that pilots, what they do is they get trained. You know, they're certified, they're, they're, they're different scenarios that they go on, uh, I, guess to, to, I guess to more or less predict adverse uh, situations like uh, turbulence, crash landings, all those things. We, we believe that they are familiar with that cockpit and everything that goes on in the front of that airplane. We know that to be true. Now, we've never seen that happen. We've never seen a pilot get qualified. We've never seen any of those things, but we believe it to be true. So, and now our faith in that, works this way. So when we get on the plane, you know, we believe in that pilot. Now, we hear him or we hear him. I don't know how many of you all have actually seen the pilot that's flying, that has been flying your plane. I haven't. But when we hear them, you know, we, we hear the pilot, we have that belief already, we're there, we're good to go. So now when we get in there, what we do? We put our headphones on, you know, we fall asleep. All Because me, I fall asleep if it's a good flight. So what that says to me is we trust that pilot to do what he says he's supposed to do. Now, we don't, again, we don't see any of his uh, certificates. We didn't see him get trained, but we believe in that. So now what I would like to do this morning is take that same concept, that same understanding, and apply it to our lives as believers as a, in a spiritual realm so we can, we can kind of build on that. And uh, as I did that, what I, I went back and reexamined the book of Hebrews and uh, began to understand the scope of what Hebrews was because that's kind of where I built my lesson from. And uh, Hebrews, more or less, was, uh, to me, the way I looked at it, the way I summarized it, was uh, it declared uh, the superiority of Christ. It, uh, Christ is better than everything else, more or less. He is more superior than the prophets, more, more superior than the angels, more superior than Moses. And it refers to him as the high priest. So now we have Jesus. We have the revelation that he is the most high. We have that. You know, he is the divine son of God. We know those things to be true. That's the facts. We have that. So now, you know, also, uh, Hebrews, what it does is it urges us and pushes us towards uh, spiritual maturity. Because to have faith, we have to be spiritually mature. We have to, we have, to have a solid ground on if we say we believe, especially as members of the body, as believers. Uh, so what, we wanted, what I would like to do is just look at, look at uh, faith as a, as a more or less triple threat. Uh, so you've got the belief, uh, you've got the faith in what you believe, and then you've got the knowledge. That knowledge comes, that's, that's without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, I know that these things are true. Based on, based on my faith, based on what I believe. So that's kind of, you know, the triple threat that we have. And that's, that should be in our daily lives. That should be our walk as believers. Those, are, that, those should be the things, those should be our stepping stones every day. Uh, so what I would like to do is examine the word and see what the word has to say about faith. I want to make sure to see how the Bible defines faith. So what my intent this morning is to uh, we'll go through some scriptures, we'll read the scriptures, 
Once we read them, we'll go back and revisit each verse and kind of dig and pull different concepts, different terms uh, from those so we can kind of build and expand on our knowledge of what faith is. Uh, so we'll begin, any questions or comments so far? So uh, we'll begin in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. That's kind of, that's where, that's where we'll pour the slab right there. If you, we're going to start building right there. And also, as you're turning, someone, if you will, get for me, because we're going uh, to try to get them all in this morning. I'm working against the clock, so we're going to try to get what we can get in. Um, John chapter 3, verse 8. Put your finger on that. And also, John chapter 7, verse 17. So that'll kind of be what we work with. That'll be, those will be our parameters for right now before we move on. So we've got, we've got Hebrews 11, 1 and 3. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 8. John chapter 7, verse 17. All right. So can I get a read for Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at the first verse? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So now that's, that's the facts. Those are the facts right there. That's what we have. That's the evidence. So now what we're going to do is we're going to dig off into those verses and, and see you know, what it's saying about faith. Uh, so verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance. So faith uh, comes from the Greek word pistis, which is uh, assurance. If we dig deep into that word, it's persuading. Credence, which is pretty much, uh, you know, I believe these things to be true. Credence. There's credence in what I believe. Uh, also, if we dig deeper, moral conviction. And as for us as believers, that moral conviction comes from the truthfulness of God. So now we're convicted beyond, beyond belief. We, we're convicted without a shadow of a doubt in our mind. We're fully persuaded in our minds and our hearts. Uh, so that substance. So the substance then becomes the, the concrete. That becomes what we're building, what we've built off of. So that's, that's the trust, the confidence. Uh, again, going back to that assurance. Those are things that we know to be true. And so when it says, of things hoped for, we know that without a, sh again, going back to without a shadow of a doubt in our minds, these things that we have faith in are going to come to fruition, regardless of what they is, because we believe. Now, uh, so of things hoped for. Now, pay close attention to that things hoped for, because if you notice, there is no specificity in that things hoped for. It, it, it's not saying this particular thing or that particular. So, and if we were to continue to go throughout this, uh, this chapter, we would see the different things uh, in different circumstances. So, say for Noah, the, things, the substance of things hoped for for Noah was, you know, he, he, uh, he offered up a better sacrifice than Cain. So, that was faith. He, uh, he, the things that he was, uh, the, thing, the substance of his things was, he prepared himself. He knew that God wanted a favorable sacrifice. So, what he did was he made sure he presented that because he was hoping to please God, that substance. So now we look at Noah. Noah is another, it's another, it's the same faithful person, but it's a different scenario. And it's different from, uh, from Abel. So Noah, the substance of the things that he hoped for was salvation. He, uh, he believed in God's command. God said, build the ark the way that I say do it, how I say do it. So he did those things, believed in God's command, went out, did the ark. And his salvation was that his family would be saved. Now, that's the things hoped for for them. So today, moving forward in the Bible. As a believer, what is the substance of the things that we hope for? Anybody? Eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life in Christ. It didn't work out the way I planned. I thought somebody would say something different, but I'm glad you all did. <laughs> glad you all did not. So, so and, and again, that's the baseline. For us as believers in the body, that is the baseline. Salvation through Christ. Those are the things. That's the faith 
That's the substance of the things that we hope for. That's the weight. That's the concrete that we are living our lives for. And so, uh, and again, going back to just the examples that we showed, we showed in chapter 11, there's one commonality in all those things. Faithfulness of God. Trust in God. God's commandments. All those things are what we base that faith off of. Any questions or comments so far? Right along. So verse 2, going into verse 2. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. So to me, well, the way I looked at for by it was as a result of their faith, they obtained a good report. And the way that I, I understood that is that's action. That's faith in action. That's movement. So now the elders obtained a good report. So when we talk about Father Abraham, we talk about the, the father of faith. Uh, that's, that's a good report. You know, that's the legacy that he left behind, his faithfulness. We know him by his faithfulness. That's the report. And also another way as believers that we can look at that thing is that's divine. So now we get to see, now we see you know, that God approves of our faithfulness. God, he is, he likes for us to be faithful, that good report. And again, that's going back to that action. So if you, if you go back to, um, let me back up for a second because there's a key part that I want to get to in our verse one. The evidence of things not seen. I don't want to miss that. I want to definitely make sure I go back to that because that calls for that spiritual maturity. So now John chapter three, verse eight. Somebody read that one. The wind bloweth where it, where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but can, can't tell, can not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So, in, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So now, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he was, uh, he was urging Nicodemus uh, towards spiritual maturity. That, that was the whole piece. And so now, you know, that's what, that's what we, that's, we have an obligation to be spiritually mature. So just like the wind for us in our lives, you know, we can see the wind when we go outside. The trees rustle. Uh, we, can, uh, we feel the wind. We put on jackets. We respond to the wind. Now, we can't see it, but we respond to it. We believe that it's there. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit for us as believers. You know, when we, uh, we're moved by the Holy Spirit. When we pray, we feel the Holy Spirit. Again, not seeing, but we believe that it's there because of our responses and our reactions. So faith then becomes a response to the behavior to what we believe. So the, uh, when we worship, there's, we, we feel the Holy Spirit. We're moved in song. All those things. Not once seeing the Holy Spirit, but we believe it. We believe it to be true. So again, that requires that spiritual maturity. So as we go through this, you know, we want to look at, you know, we want to understand that faith requires that. that. That's Again, that's that obligation, that requirement of being spiritually mature believers, if we say we believe. So now let's uh, go back to verse 2. Uh, so, for by the elders. So for, again, going back to that for by that active faith, that, that, the action of faith. So uh, John 7 and 17, somebody, if you will, grab that for me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Now, there's a key word in it that I want us to hone in on, will. So will is uh, the action. And it's, it's an intent, a desire, a persuasion, a pleasure. That means we want to do it. That means there's a, we have a disposition of faith and we're moved to action based on our belief. So uh, again, we want to understand that. And the, thing, the beauty of it is you know, that knowledge, it's not like it's in a mystical place that we have to travel to. Man. It's within our reach if that's what we want to do. And, and then again, we, if we say we believe, why would we not? So that's the question. For us as believers, the examination is always there for us. It's always remembering to be spiritually mature, to make sure we're, we're putting forth the effort, the desire to be faithful. And again, that goes back to that. I'm going to keep pounding that spiritual maturity because that's, that's an obligation that we have, especially in, as members of the body when we say we believe. So now, 
This uh, verse three: Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now I want to make sure that I communicate this clearly because this is a. When I read this, I had to step away from it because it was the, it, it, there was that much weight to it. I had to say, wait a minute, time out. Let me take a break because it's that powerful. So now, when we go outside, we see the trees, we see the animals, how they instinctively do the things that they do. There's no one telling them to do what they do. They do it. Uh, I was having a conversation with someone and they were about the solar eclipse. Happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, talking about the insects, the animals. They were confused. Some of them were going in circles. They didn't know what to do. Now, us as believers, that's divine. Now, ain't nobody got to tell us, but that's divine. So, we didn't see all those things. We didn't see that. But we believe that because we had the facts, which is the word of God. So now, when we say, so when we say we believe, let's understand what we're believing in. Let's, believe, let's, let's examine the power in what we believe. So now, uh, and this is just as a reference. I'll go through these because uh, for the sake of time. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And again, I'll just be pulling out key concepts and key words, key phrases. So it's, again, as a reference. Uh, and uh, going back to verse 3, remembering that there was nothing that God, there was no pebble, no, no dust, nothing that God said, you know what, that looks good. I'm, I'm going to start right there. No, no. Everything that was created was created on that day. So just keep that in mind because that's, that's a powerful way to think of the word of God. So now... Verse 1 says, God created the heavens and the earth. So now that's the facts. We got, he created the heavens and the earth. That's the evidence that we, we believe to be true. Uh, verse 2, earth was without form. That means there was nothing. Nothing. It's going back to that. You know, I didn't, there, was not, there wasn't something that he chose to build off of. It was, everything that was done was done on that day. Now, verse 3 is a verse 3. God said, let there be light. Now, understand God, God said, let there be light. Let's look at it in a different way. God commanded, let there be light. So now, when he said, when God said, let there be light, I'm pretty sure. And I wasn't there. Again, I did not see these things, but I believe them to be true. <laughs> I believe, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, that when God said, let there be light, that light came on. Instantly. The light didn't say, you know what, no, not today. I just, uh, give me a second. Give me one minute, and, I, and I'll come on for you. One second. No, immediately. God commanded. So now, when we say we believe in the word of God, that's what we're believing in. We're believing in the commands of God. So as, if we say we believe, and we respond to behave by faith, we should be moving. There should be no hesitation. If we're in the body and we say we believe, what's the issue? Amen. So the examination, the examination needs to constantly be with us. That spiritual maturity needs to be there because that's what gives us the will, the disposition of faith, the want to please God. And again, also, we, uh, we want to examine when we say we believe in Christ that's for salvation. We've got to understand what that is as well. We've got to understand the power in what we say we believe when we say we believe it. So now John, and this is again as a reference. I'll go through these for the sake of time. But again, if, if, uh, write these down if you want to take notes. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Because these are the things that we say we believe in as members of the body. So we have to, you know, we have to behave and respond by faith. Because that's, you know, if we look at faith as a response to what we believe, then there should be no issue. Because what are we worried about? Because eight, Romans 8.31 says, for if God be for you, we're going to be against you. So all that worrying, all that being tossed to and fro mentally, emotionally, now that comes from there's that if you just you can believe all day long, but that belief still leaves a shadow of doubt. But that faith, that means you trust it. Without a shadow, that, that means you know it's gonna happen. So now uh, John chapter one verses one through four, and I'll read through these and again. I'll just be pulling out key concepts and uh, uh, phrases. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, what are we saying right there? Who is that? Anybody. So now, we say we believe now. Christ, 
through salvation. So now, we just read in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Who was, so who was that? Who was that? It, so now that's the power in what we say we believe. So we've got to remember, like, when we say it, we've got to respond to those things in a way that supports that belief. So that, you know, move, like when I made the, uh, the example about light, we can't be the light. We can't say, you know what, not today. You know what, I just, you know what, nah, I don't really feel it today. Give me two seconds. Nah, no. God commands us to move as believers because we say we believe. That's what we do. We move. We act. So now we've gone through faith. Any questions or comments so far? So now we've gone through faith. We've built on our understanding of faith. Now what we want to do is we want to see faith in action. We want to see some, we want to see some faith move. So what we'll do for that is we'll go to Genesis Chapter 22, verses 1 through 8. And this was such a powerful example for me. I, I, uh, I enjoyed re reading over this again because as a child, you know, I know the story of Abraham and Isaac. I, I understand those things, but as a, a spiritually mature believer, it meant something completely different. And again, for the sake of time, we won't be able to go through each one, but I do want to make sure we pick these key phrases because there's a lot of meat in here. I, I want to make sure we get a chance to digest it. So now, just the backdrop. Uh, God said to Abraham, hey, I'm going to give you a son. He said it uh, throughout Genesis, uh, early chapters. He said, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you a son. What happened? He had a son in his old age. So, uh, and Sarah had a son in her old age. You know, Abraham was an old father, but he had a son because God delivered on his promise. God was true. So now, God is saying to Abraham, you can trust me. You know, I've shown you the evidence. I've given you all that you need to trust in me. So now, can I trust you? So now the question for us as believers is, can God trust us? Are we responding in that way? So let's look at it. Uh, so now, and again, the author in this particular chapter gives us straight up facts. He gives us uh, obedience. He gives us all those things. But as, as believers today, what we want to do is we want to do a little bit of inference. I was listening to Brother Marcus to the inference. Uh, so we want to dig off into that. So now, verse 2, your only son, Isaac. And I'm reading for I got the King James Version, so it may, it may read different. But it's the same, same concept. Your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Now. Whom you love. Now, Abraham could have easily been like, hey, whoa, whoa, God, whoa, wait a minute, time out. I got another son now. I got another one now. I can, I can grab him real quick. Now, he said, no, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. So that, there's some gravity in that. So now, if we look at ourselves today, I don't even like to play like, well, what would I do? No, because I don't, that means that I would have to be honest with me. <clears throat> and I don't even want to play like that. So now we look at Isaac. There, there's no way. I don't even to think about it. It's just the gravity of it. Emotionally, spiritually, physically, he had to have been sick. Because that's I, that's my son. I love him. That is my son. So, now verse 3, after all of that, keeping all those things in mind, being distraught with the request of God, with the command, not, not request, command of God. What does it say? That action. So Abraham rose early. Mm -hmm. So even after all those things, Abraham got on up early. So that was the first thing he did when he woke up. He, the first thing he did when he woke up was doing the will of God. The command, obeying the command of God, faith. First thing he did when he woke up, and uh, as it says on that verse, the place which God had told him, there's a specific place that he said, right. He said that. That's where you go. That's where I need for you to be. Abraham could have easily been like, you know what? It's probably short if I go this way. That means I ain't got to drag this thing on. Now, no, no. Specifically, go to the place in which I said go. And that's where he went. So now Abraham grabbed, he, you know, he got his servants, uh, he got Isaac, he got the things he needed for his sacrifice. They went on the <coughs> So verse 5 is where we're going to look now. And we, uh, so they come up, you know, they're getting close to the place. And Abraham says, hey, you know what I got? Me and Isaac, we're going to go ahead and go up. Verse 5 says, they're going to go up to worship. And again, I'm paraphrasing. They're going to go up to worship, and we will come back to you. Now, 
Abraham had the command. Abraham knew exactly what he was going to go do. He was going to go sacrifice Isaac. But he still, without a shadow of a doubt in his mind, based off God's faithfulness to him, he believed with moral conviction that these things would be true. Him and his son will come back. Now, that's faith. That's straight up fact. That's the evidence. That's the example for our lives. That's how we respond and we move. So now, verse 7. And that they're going up now. So verse 7 is, uh, is important as well. So they're going. And at this time, you know, if you will, just imagine. Isaac, you know, Isaac probably had a little size to him. You know, Isaac probably wouldn't know. You know, he could have easily been like, you know what? Because at this point, Isaac probably got an idea of what's going to go down. You know, because he asked the question, hey, where's the land for the burnt offering? I see we got, you know, the, the evidence is here. We have, we have the, uh, the uh, you got the wood. You got the fire, you got the knife, but uh, I don't want to see no off. I don't see no land. You know what? <laughs> you know what we're doing. So verse eight is, is a powerful verse because uh, Abraham says to, uh, to Isaac, "God Himself will provide." And then the action comes immediately after that, and they went on. So now Isaac, Isaac believed in his father's faithfulness to God. Isaac didn't I, again. Isaac he did not see a lamb. He didn't see that thing, but he still went on with his father, obeyed, obedient. He was convicted persuaded by his father, the will of his father. So now, verse 8, we don't, and we don't even have to read anymore because we know how the story goes, but there is, verse 13, somebody, if you could read verse 13. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thickest by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering to his son. So now, what did, in verse 8, what did he tell Isaac? In verse 13, what did he do? <laughs> That's faith. So now, and the thing of it is, the beauty of it is, God ain't asking us to give up a child. He ain't saying that to us. He's asking that we remain faithful. We trust in him. We trust him because he's shown us that we can trust him. So now can he trust us? So now we've got all that. And uh, we also, the, the, another example that I would like to give is uh, Philippians 2 and 8. Definitely want to um, understand Philippians 2 and 8. That, that was another big one for me. Yeah, I'm turning with y'all. Hold on. Right there with you. Ah. Somebody, if you will, uh, Philippians 2 and 8. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So now, we're talking about Jesus now. The same Jesus we said was there in the creation. All those things. Humbled himself, obedient unto death. So now, at any given point, Jesus had all these, you know, they was coming at Jesus, being disrespectful, all those things. At any point, Jesus could have said, you know what, now I'm tired of y'all. Y'all go and hit on. And whatever he did with his hand, whatever he thought in his mind could have happened to them at that time. But he didn't. Obedient unto death because he believed in the word of the Father. He obeyed. He was, he was convicted, fully persuaded in it, without a shadow of a doubt in his mind, that the things that God said would come to fruition. That's faith. So now... We have all that. We got it. All right, Gerard. We got all this. That's, that sounds good, but why? So now, now the why. And it's weed, you got to spend a lot of time on this, because I ain't got a lot of time to spend. So uh, <laughs> Hebrews uh, 11 and 6. Somebody real quick read it. Brother May said it earlier. Early. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So now that impossible, that means, what that mean? It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, you ain't got no faith, man, what you doing? You know, you are spinning the wheel. You say you believe, but when you respond and you behave, 
you don't believe, you're not behaving like you trust God. So where's that belief? Is there some doubt in that belief? So without that trust, without that concrete, without that substance, you know, there's no way we can please him. And again, uh, the, the latter part of that verse is saying, you know, uh, to those who diligently seek him. That means there's action in that. That means we got to be wanting to do that. We can't, it ain't just going to come to us. That requires some spiritual maturity to have faith. So again, we ain't going to spend much time on that. We're going to move right on. So how did we come to faith? So now we, you know, at one point in time, we were out there. We believed. We was lost. We didn't know what we was doing. So Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So we had some, somebody thought enough of us to present the truth to us, to present the gospel. We heard the gospel. We believed in the gospel. So what we did was we responded in a way that supported that belief. What did we do? The confession, the baptism. So now, when we went down as unbelievers, the faith, that substance was salvation through Christ. That's what we were, that's what we were hoping for. That was the way. So now, when we say, so now this is important for us as believers today. This is, this is key. So those are the things that we say we believe in. So let's open that up. Let's examine that. Let's, when we say that, when we say we believe in it, let's examine it. Let's see what we're talking about now. So now let's go to Romans chapter 6, verses 8 through 11. We have stressful jobs, but those things should not affect us because now we have Christ has given us those things. We are we can overcome sin in our but we don't have to deal with it. We don't have to be constantly every day worrying about oh my goodness, what I'm gonna do. Do what God say do, and He'll provide for you. We've already have we have the facts. Again, we have the evidence. We have the belief. This is the word of God. So now, another benefit of faith when we say we believe. First uh, John five. Four through five, and I'll go through these just for the sake of time. First uh, John chapter five, verses four through five. I read from the King James version. It says, "For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God." Now, again, going back to that point, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. So the things of this world shouldn't affect us. We shouldn't be worrying about. We shouldn't be dragging every morning we wake up. Ugh. I got to go to the job again. Yes, you got to go to the job because God blessed you with that job. Because you asked for it at one point in your life. I guarantee you, you was hurting and you needed it. He provided it for you. So trust in that. Believe in what he says. And so now we have all those things. We've got the why. You know, why we do it. We can't please him without it. You know, we've got an example of faith. Abraham. You know, we've got Jesus. And so now let's, let's look at it from the other aspect. Of it. Let's look at it if we ain't, you know, faithful. We ain't really where we need to be. So let's look at that. Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 14. Verses 27 to 31. Old Peter. 
And again, just a little context. Uh, so, so now, uh, Jesus just fed the multitudes. He sent them away. Y'all go ahead. I'm, I'm fed y'all. Jesus said, I'm going up on the mountain. I'm going to go pray. Y'all come on by the sea. Come to me. And so those, that's the command. Jesus said, hey, this is what you need to be doing. So they had their march notice. They got in the boat. They went on about their business. So now, they're in the water. Nightfall. A little stormy weather coming. So oh, they see somebody out there. They, they see an apparition in their minds. Oh, my goodness, who was that? Oh, but it was Jesus walking across the water, coming to him. So now, we're building on that. So now, we'll, so now that's us. And it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a parallel for us in our lives in this. So now, God does all these things for us. Blesses us, gives us all those things. And uh, keep that in mind. So starting at, we'll start at verse, wait a minute, I ain't even get there, y'all. Hold on, wait a minute. Okay, all right. So let me get a reading for us, starting at verse 27, 31. But immediately, um, but Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Now. God gives us all your blessings. Now, Peter was with him when he fed the multitude. Just saw Jesus feed all these people. Just saw that. Just like us in our lives. You know, we, we, God blesses us. And even in that end, up, we say, you know what, God, just give me a sign. Give me something. Let me know it's you. Let me know you there. <laughs> Let me know. So that's, so that's Peter. That's, that's us. In that very moment, that's who, when, we, when we doubt, when we have that, you know, that shaky faith, that's what that is. So now, I, I like to imagine this. I want to give you all this visual. <laughs> Imagine Peter. So when he saw Jesus, he said, hey, hey, Jesus, is that you? He said, come on. That's the command. That's the word of God. So now he moved on that, on faith, out there. So he's moving. He's rolling. So imagine that. If he, he's focused, looking dead straight at Jesus. He's steady, walking, walking, walking. But that wind came. Here comes the wind. As soon as the wind came, oh, wait a minute. Now when I'm looking around, I see water all around. Look at us as believers today. Now, we keep our eyes straight on Jesus. We're good to go. But as soon as we get distracted by the world, all the things in the world, our jobs, our, our wives, our husbands, whatever it is that we deal with, what happens? We begin to sing. What we do? What Peter do? Sing. Sing. So when we're walking, you know, our, our daily walk, when we have this, those shaky legs, that's our faith. Those shaky legs are our faith. So we have to remember those things. So now, and so even, so look at the beauty in this as well. So he began to sing. What did he say? Lord, say, now, even with all of that being said, he, Peter knew, without a shadow of a doubt in his mind, that Jesus was saved. And uh, my, uh, my dad, me and my dad were having a joke about it. And he said, that's the, the shortest prayer in the Bible. Lord, save him. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? He saved him because, and again, Jesus reached his hand out. Because all he had to do was trust that he was going to be there and say, hey, you know what, Lord, I need you. I need your help. So now that's, again, faith. Because now he responded based on the belief. Now, there was a, there was a point where he had them shaky legs. That faith was, we had it. But... He's there, though. He's always there. I always use the example of uh, my son, Jeremiah. I know Jeremiah is all over the place now. But when he first began to walk, he, uh, he knew as a child. He knew his legs weren't about nothing. He knew that when he first started out there. But when he saw me, though, I said, hey, Jeremiah, come on. So what did he do? He, man, couldn't walk worth a nothing. Here he come. Here he come. But he fell, and he failed, though. But what did he do, though? He got right on back up because he saw me. He didn't trust his legs. He knew, man, he knew his legs weren't about nothing. But he saw his father. He saw me. 
here we come. I'm coming. I'm coming. I was excited. And let me tell you the beauty in that thing. So if he had, so so if he had turned around, guess who was there? Mama. So that us as believers, anyway we turn, anyway Jesus is there. We always have that. God's we have God's faithfulness. Anyway we turn, 360. So again, you know when we struggle with our faith, what are we struggling with? It ain't the faith you're struggling with. It's what you believe, what you said you believe. So remember those things. And uh, so. As I begin to work towards the close, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and 9. This is just as a reference, again, for the sake of time. Paul had that thorn. Paul said three times, Lord, come on now. I'm hurt. What did he say to me? My grace is sufficient for thee. Now, what that is, when we go through things, when we go through our trials, that gives us an opportunity to exercise our faith. That give, we, need to, we need to take those blessings because now we know that we can't do it. That's why we struggle. But he said he got us. Romans 8.31, he said, hey, I got you. Don't worry about it. So what are we worried about? What are we struggling with? Why, do we, why are we walking with shaky legs? Why we got the jello legs? That's our faith. Remember those things. Whenever we start wavering, that's your faith. Amen. So now, and when we're, when we're able to do that, we're, we're, able, we're trusting God. What we can do then is, you know, second, and, I'll, and again, for the sake of time, I'll be reading this one. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 4 says, Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So now, if we worried about us, if we ain't trusting God, you know, we believe now. We said we believe because, you know, we didn't respond in that way. But now we, we're in our lives. We haven't been spiritually mature. We can't even go out there and tell somebody how good God is to us because we worry about how bad we feel. That ain't your faith. So again, that's, uh, that's all I have. I'm going to leave you with a story, though. Um, and then I'm getting off down here because, uh, yeah. My hand, on my hand, you probably can't see it, but on my hand, my, my right hand, there's a ring. When I was a child, uh, stoves. I had this thing about fire. So, and, and the uh, old stoves at the time, they had like the little, the little coil. The stove so fancy, now I don't even know what they call it anymore. But um, so my mom was like, hey, son, that stove is hot. Now, I believe that stoves get hot. I wasn't, that wasn't, I wasn't tripping off that. I mean, I got that. But I didn't trust what she was saying. I didn't trust that. So now, you know, what you think I did? Touch this. I got a ring on my hand. I got a scar of my own faith. Yes, sir. So now, look at us in our lives sometimes. When we struggle, when we continue to deal with those things, we are scarred by our own faithfulness. But what the beauty of it is, God heals all things. So, again, that's my time. And I hope and pray that uh, I've said something up there that, uh, that will benefit somebody. And um, thank you for your attention. Great job.